Hello, my friend. You are listening to a brand new episode of Tie Pod, and today we are joined by the lovely Ashton Smith. Ashton is a profit-focused coach and hype woman for female entrepreneurs. She helps women embody their CEO and systematize their business so they can create transformative customer experiences and hit dream status income goals. I mean, let me just say Even saying that sentence alone is like, yes, we need more Ashtons in this world. Hello, my friend, it's Tiana Tai, Team Dynamics consultant and trained industrial organizational psychologist, helping you to become a better leader than your last boss. And right now, you are tuning in to the go-to podcast for entrepreneurs building and leading teams, hiring, onboarding, management, or maybe you just want some general advice about building your business. Well, let me assure you, you are in the right place. So go ahead, crack open a fresh notebook because you are listening to TyPod. I've got to take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. TyPod would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, but I swear to you, my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. I personally am absolutely honored to have you here, Ashton. I would love to stop rambling about you, give you the floor, and have you introduce yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It's an honor to be here. Um, So as you just mentioned, I am a coach. I'm also a writer. So I actually started out in the online space as a writer. Um, When I was really, really young, I had seven journals going at one time. So writing is really what kind of got me into business, which is funny. Um, So for a little bit of backstory on who I am and kind of what brought me to where I am today, um, I started in the online space in about in 2017. um, And I started with an online blog, literally no uh, direction, no focus. It was all things like lifestyle, let's talk business, let's empower women. But I've always had this desire in me to pour into women. I didn't know that it would turn into business in the way that it is today. Um, But that's kind of where I started. So I started with that. I ended up transitioning my blog into uh, a quarterly magazine. It was called The Authentic Woman. So clearly all about authenticity, all about empowering women. And what was really cool, it was a... um, a non-retouched magazine. And so it was really about just instilling confidence in women. And it was such a fun business, but it was really more of like a passion project. Um, So I never ended up kind of creating a profit within that business. So I transitioned out of that. And that is whenever I created my online membership. And that was really the start of me truly building a business and getting out of this space of hobbyist 
and owning my role as a business owner. Um, so what I also like to throw in there is that I was the girl, I was totally like figuring it out as I went. Um, so I didn't have like, you know, many people have experience in the corporate world. Well, I didn't really have that. I came like fresh out of college with a business degree, um, but just no focus and clarity on like what it was that I was supposed to do, what it was that I could teach, how to truly market myself online. So I always said this out there to say that I spent roughly two years pouring into businesses, right? And generating zero profit, which is insane thinking about (laughs) it now. Um, And so what I did was in 2019, I started my first membership and 2019 was like, that was the year that things like truly clicked for me as a business owner. And I know we'll get into this so much more, but it was really when I started understanding like, what does it mean to be a CEO, to be a leader, to actually try to lead this thing forward, my business in a way that is very intentional to where I'm actually going to create the money that I need to keep the business running, to pay myself, to do all the things, to create the impact. Um, And so I was able to go from generating that zero profit to scaling to a a thriving five-figure business in just five months time, whenever I'd spent two years just kind of turning my wheels. And that is literally just the result of owning my role as CEO. And so if you know me in the online space, I'm like that girl. I talk about um, CEO embodiment, CEO mastery, really stepping into the role as a leader of the business and actually pouring into like the tasks that matter, right? Because how easy is it to just pour your pour your energy into all the things and wear all the hats and disperse your energy. But what I've learned is that when you drill down and you go deep in just a few places, you can create the results that you want to create, right? And you can save time, you can save energy in that process. So that is a little bit of my story in a nutshell. Your story in a nutshell is fantastic. And <laughs> what I I immediately had this thought when you were talking about, you know, you didn't come from the corporate background. So you really were like being scrappy, figuring it out as you go. But I I actually laughed to myself a little bit because I was the, I guess, a little bit of the opposite. Like I fully came from, did the undergrad, went to grad school, specialized, like all the things, went into corporate consulting, all of that. And it's funny because still when I entered the entrepreneur space and everything was up to me to design and to figure out, you know, how I was positioning myself, I feel like I felt the exact same way in terms of like, oh man, like where are we taking this thing? What do we want to do? do with it. And I love your focus on CEO embodiment, by the way. Like you're speaking to my heart talking about like, let's not wear all the hats. You know me as the team's girl. I'm like, yes, let's not wear all the hats. But I know that people listening probably want you to get a little bit clearer, a little bit more down to the details about what CEO embodiment really looks like. So can you like give us some of that uh, clarity? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's so many ways to define this, but I think one of my favorite ways to define it is really actively and uniquely leading your business forward with an effective and and aligned approach. And so for me, 
you know, if you are familiar with me, you'll know that I throw around the two words, uh, soul and strategy, because I truly believe that building a successful business and being a successful CEO, it's tapping into that intuition. It's, it's building your business around you, your expertise, like how you naturally operate, but then it's also like getting scrappy and being very intentional with where your time is going. And, and so really how this started for me, it was more so in the mindset realm. Because I mean, as we all know, entrepreneurship, like it is strategy, but so much of it is mindset too. Um, so for me, it really started with ownership, taking ownership and really transitioning from I'm a victim of things that are happening in my life and my business to I own where I'm at and I own my ability to lead my business forward. Um, and so I love to share this story because 2019, although it was the moment that things clicked and I scaled, uh, the first half of that story, the first half of the year. So I went into the year, launched my membership. I uh, immediately was asking myself, how can I scale? How can I create more impact? How can I create more income? Well, my immediate thought, uh, based off of what, you know, other industry experts were saying, uh, what, who other people, you know, were hiring onto their team was to go and find a Facebook ads manager and a sales funnel expert in one. And so that's what I did. So this person had worked with big, big name people, like million dollar business owners. Right. And so I was like, this is going to work for me. This is going to be the thing that changes my business. Like I'm going to end this time with this person and my business is going to like, it's going to be six fingers from nothing. Right. Well, I hired this person on, uh, don't, uh, gosh, we could talk about that in itself, like all the things I did wrong um, <laughs> in that hiring process. But basically, um, I ended up spending $20,000 with this person and I did not make one single sale the entire time we worked together. That hurts my whole heart. Oh my I, gosh. <laughs> I know, right? It's and in the moment, like believe me, there were all the tears. There mm -hmm. was like just all of the all the moments behind the scenes where you're like, I'm going to quit. Like this is not working. And it was to the point where I told my husband, I was like, you know, if if I don't figure this out by the end of this year, like I'm gonna get a job. It doesn't mean I'm gonna quit, but man, I'm gonna have to get a job because we we had all this debt now, right? And so that was my moment. And what I have found in my journey is that that it's those deepest moments. Now I'm not saying you got to go spend $20,000 to learn a lesson, but <laughs> it worked for me. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at that experience in an optimistic light to, to help me learn and grow, right? That's entrepreneurship too. Um, but it was really in that moment, in that season of like grappling with what I had done and where I was at, where I literally was like, no, you know, one of the reasons that went wrong was because I put my responsibility to build my business on someone else instead of taking ownership to build it myself, right? And I always say I would actually go back and I would do that again, knowing what it would do for myself and my business. Because since then, since that moment when things clicked for me and I really started embodying and owning my role as CEO, like my business changed, it transformed, and I didn't need that person to build for me. What I needed to do was take ownership of the business and build it myself and drill down on the top three most important things, get specific, and just get to work. 
get that focus going. I love it. And I lo- I do love the fact that you're, you know, taking something that trust and believe. I know there were a lot of tears, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but taking it and really using it to inform your experience as an entrepreneur and really push forward this idea of taking that ownership in your business. I love that. Yeah, it's, I I love sharing that story because I think that a lot of people in this space, they have stories like this, like bad investments or feeling like you need this thing to achieve X result. And, you know, there are people throwing around, uh, you know, this is my unique process. You need this unique methodology. And we all have unique brilliance to bring to the table. And I do believe in investing, right? When it's, it's a good fit, but it's also, and I know we'll get into this too, but it's also cultivating this level of self-trust and ownership. And that's what I did. And so what's cool too, is that not only is that a fun story in terms of how I flipped the script, but I, by the end of the year, I had paid back all of that investment. We wiped our debt and I had made even more money. And so it just goes to show like the power of really taking that ownership and drilling down. Like I didn't do anything that was absolutely insane in terms of strategy. I just got really specific with what I needed to do, what my goal was. And I just got to work and everything started to get, it started to align from there. Oh, yes. Okay. Now I'm going to keep it real. I want you to paint the picture. I know you said you got specific on your goals and you got to work, but can you paint that picture a little bit more? Because I know that someone in listening right now is super detail oriented and they're just like, wait, we went from $20,000 in debt to setting a goal and now we're out of debt. I need details. Yeah, absolutely. So at the time, um, I had really my biggest, um, well, it wasn't my biggest, but my primary offer was my monthly membership. And so what I set the goal to do was to get X amount of folks into my membership by the end of the year. Um, And I believe that number was 50. And at the time I had about 20 folks in there. And so for me, that was unheard of to be able to do because my growth had been so slow. So that was my goal. I didn't focus on, I want to create this. I want to create this other course. I want to do a podcast. You know, I, I want to sell one-on-one coaching. I just focused on selling the membership and the place that I chose to sell was on Instagram. So I do talk a lot too, just about Instagram marketing and building a community, right? I'm super passionate about that. And so what I did instead of choosing again, like five social channels and creating content for all the things, um, I just drill down onto Instagram. And I actually started sharing less content and engaging more. And you'll see a lot of people talking about that in this space because it's really about building relationships and community. So what that looked like for me, I went super old school here. Like now my my list is a little bit more fancy, but at the time I had like a notebook, a piece of notebook paper. And I wrote down, I think it was anywhere between 30 to 50 people to start that I wanted to just engage with and build a relationship with. Now, by the end of, I think by Q4, I had built that list up to about 100 people that I was simply like, I was cycling through those people to engage with them on Instagram. And what engagement means is literally just like responding to their content, getting into their DMs, having conversations, pouring into other people and 
that one little thing, man, every launch that I did after that was so much more successful because I had that community, right? Like I had spent the time investing in people, pouring into people, giving value. And that's always my motto too. It's it's seek to serve because what we often don't realize is that most selling happens in relationship building. It's not in the pretty feed. It's not in the aesthetic. It's not in the branding. Those things matter, right? But you have to start with what matters most. And I think that it's easy again, to feel like I need to do all the things at the same time. But for me, I had to scale back. And one of the things that I did specifically was that engagement and was building that community, right? Um, so now I've transitioned that list and I actually still do this. I, um, it's in a spreadsheet system. And I even have part of this outsourced to where someone will help me manage my Instagram um, and engaging with folks and helping me stay on top of all of that, right? Because I mean, time is limited. Um, But that's one of the things I did. And then I also just consistently put offers out. Like I consistently talked about who I was, what I did. I shared social proof because I wanted to show people that there was actually power in what I was bringing to the table. I mean, there's so many little things that I can mention, but definitely drilling down on one platform and then also drilling down on community building was where it happened for me. Wow. And you know, you know why your response makes me so happy? Because in business, a lot of times, some of the best things in the world are not rocket science. They're they're quite literally like dedication to your people. <laughs> yes. And I love that so much. Yes, I agree. And I mean, I could even take that further because pouring into your people, I mean, that's a conversation I'm I've I've been finding myself having so much recently because another thing I've been sharing with my community is that um so 2019 was my year of building out, you know, my membership and building up my community and pouring into people, figuring it out. And 2020 was the year when I introduced one-on-one coaching. Um so according to some people in the industry, I kind of did it backwards, right? So I, yeah. I had that the membership first and then coaching, but ended up working just fine for me. And what was great and what worked to my advantage is that I had now I had all of these people in my membership that I was so intentional with. And I, I'm very, very, um, just intentional with my process and getting people into my membership, pouring into them, just going above and beyond to make sure that they feel seen and supported in my program. And so what that enabled me to do was going into 2020, I literally booked out my first two rounds of one-on-one coaching. Um, So the first half of the year with people that were in my membership because I'd served them so, so well. And I mean, obviously it's not all about money, but it does go to show that when you serve well and you really, really focus on just serving the people in front of you and going above and beyond for them, like that's going to serve you too. Absolutely. And I mean, even like you said, not just about money, but most of us got, especially service providers in any context, we got into business to solve a problem for somebody. So the fact that someone is continuously trusting you to solve, you know, different degrees, excuse me, different degrees of their problem, that's an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's definitely something to celebrate. Absolutely. Just having that trust there with people is huge. I have to take a moment to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Primally Pure. Y'all, 
I'm not going to get too deep into this, but I've tried a lot of natural deodorants and my husband disapproves of 99.9% of them, but not my new Primally Pure Charcoal deodorant. I have been so excited to share this with you because I have been testing it myself for three full months before I decided that it was worth sharing. This is absolutely my hands down favorite natural deodorant and I've tried at least five or six brands by now. And even better, it can be your new favorite too. You can get your next order for 10% off by using the code TIANA10. That's right, T-I-A-N-N-A-1-0, and you're on your way to your new favorite deodorant. And hopefully, oh, and you just said the perfect word to pivot because <laughs> I wanted to circle back and talk a little bit more about what you were saying with the whole self-trust thing. Right. Because earlier we literally started this conversation pretty quickly off talking about a twenty thousand dollar loss. So how do you go from there and circle back and really start to trust yourself in the decisions that you're making as a CEO? Yeah. So. For me, and I feel like it's with most things, right? Like you start little by little, right? Um, it's it's hard to go overnight from that experience that I had to being like, I fully trust myself as a CEO. Like clearly that's not how it happens. So it happens in the small choices and in the small moments. And so um, one of the small ways that I really operated in self-trust after that experience is that I started kind of retreating back to myself a little bit, right? Um, And again, obviously, uh, there's so much that we can learn from other people. And there's so much value, like I am forever investing in other people in the online space, just to continue to fill gaps in my knowledge. So that is very true. But I think, again, it's this balance of filling those gaps. um, And then also coming back to yourself and giving yourself the space that you need to actually generate ideas. And I think that that's a big problem right now in the online space, because there's so so much content available to us. And there's so many people sharing their brilliance, they're sharing their expertise. And we need all of that, right? We need that in the online space. But just because it's valuable in the online space doesn't mean that we need all of the things at once. What can happen is we're consuming all of these things to the point where number one, we're looking for the secret answer when there's no secret answer, right? Like there's things that fill gaps, but there's no secret answer. It's getting to work and it's, it's figuring out what's going to work for your business. Um, and so for me, that looks like really coming back to myself, giving myself the space that I needed to actually come up with my own ideas. And one little thing that I did in um, 2019 is I started actually testing with my uh, launch approaches. Um, I actually did this kind of case study. It was very informal. I didn't even know I was doing it at the time, but I did two separate launches. They were a couple of months apart for the same exact thing. And for the first one, what I did is I kind of mimicked what other folks were were saying to do when launching in the online space. So I had the, you know, very lengthy, beautiful sales page. I mean, super long. I did um, a webinar style launch. Um, I had all of those moving pieces going on, right? And then I also did a launch where instead of going uh, video content direction, I decided to craft um, uh, an email series. And I can still remember it. It was called Into the Light. And it was based on storytelling and pulling back the curtains uh, in the business to share my experiences. Um, 
And I did that. Plus I, I had a sales page that was literally like one scroll. Those were just a couple minor tweaks that I did. And that second launch got six times more people into it than the first one. And that's just a very small example and a very small way that you can start trusting yourself. It's in the little things. It's in actually giving yourself the space to plan and think for yourself, right? I think that's where it all starts, giving yourself the space to think for yourself. Yes. And you know what I took from that? I took also giving yourself the space to experiment is really mm-hmm. what just popped in my head. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, like you said, everything is just so much, so much content, so many amazing, amazing salespeople and marketing people and all of this perspective all in one space. And a lot of times, especially if you're relatively new, it can very much feel like I have to pick somebody that I look up to. I have to pick their process. I have to follow it step by step by step, or I am going to mess up my own results. And what you're saying is more about leaning into yourself and leaning into what feels good to you. And that's different. You don't hear people say stuff like that often. Yeah. And, you know, I also believe too, it's like, again, it's that combination. Like we want to lean into our intuition, but I also believe in measuring your efforts too, right? So like keep track. I mean, this is something that I talk about a lot is just CEO time, CEO days, essentially just dedicated, dedicating time to look at the business holistically and kind of zoom out from what you're drilling down into, like your content and the day-to-day things that you're doing, working with your team. Like how can we zoom out and actually look at like the numbers, what's working, what content is performing well, what questions are we getting? Um, how, you know, how much profit did we bring in this month? How much time did that require? What are we tweaking and pivoting on month over month? And you really only have the opportunity to do those things when you give yourself that space. And I love that just giving yourself the time to actually experiment um, so that you can learn and you can actually fill in the gaps in a way that's serving you and is in alignment with how you best operate. Uh, Beautiful. So speaking of in alignment with how you best operate, I would love to get your perspective on really taking your strengths, individual strengths. This is something I talk about in leadership all the time, but I love to hear your perspective on utilizing them as the CEO to make these business decisions. Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, this is one of those things where, you know, I bring it up and people are kind of often they're like, ah, like that sounds kind of cool, but it's like, it doesn't sound advanced enough. It doesn't sound quote unquote, like complicated enough. Like, (laughs) look at my strengths, like what's come on, let's talk about something else. But it is so true. What we can end up doing, um, in the, the theme of just looking at all the content, looking at all the people, looking at all the other offers out there, what we can end up doing is putting this pressure on ourselves to do all the things that other people are doing in the way that they're doing them. But what we're actually doing then is we're trying to operate um, in someone else's strengths. And what that might end up being is us trying to operate in our weaknesses. And what that ends up doing, right, is we are working a lot longer to achieve something because it doesn't come easily to us. And then we're, we're not really creating the quality of work. We're not getting that quality outcome because we're trying so hard to fit into a mold that we don't really fit in. And so for the person that's like, I don't even know where to begin with my strengths. Um, I 
don't know, do you talk about Strengths Finders? I don't, but I'm super familiar with it. Spill the beans for him. Well, that's my favorite test to use. I've taken it about three times in my life now. And so it's funny too, like how you grow and you change and you evolve, your strengths change. But if you're that person that's like, you don't even know where to begin with what your strengths are, I'd recommend looking into it. It's a a book plus um, a quiz that comes with it uh, or a test or whatever. And it, it highlights your natural strengths and giftings. And it even gives you ways that you can utilize them in your life, which I think is super cool. So that's where I'd begin. Um, but if you are also the person, if on the other hand, you kind of feel like you have a good idea of those things. What I recommend doing um, as like a fun exercise is creating two columns on a piece of paper on the left side, you're going to put your strengths, just anything that comes to mind. And what I love to do here too, is kind of go outside of skill sets too. So even though, for example, I am really strong with writing, I love writing, um, going further than that, I'm also a very like empathetic person. So going into a little bit of personality traits too, listing all of those things off because your personality, I mean, of course, your, your personality is what makes you stand out, right? Like that's what sets you apart. So we want to list those things off there. And then on the right side, it's the integration column. And this is just a space for you to brainstorm. How can we integrate those skill sets into the business? So going back to that launch example that I just shared, and the second one did six times better. Well, I did this, um, not in the the way that I'm explaining to you, that's a bit more formal, but I did this. um, And I thought through like, what are a few things that I'm good at? And I actively pulled that into the way that I've launched. Um, so writing, I created that lengthy email series. It's by far to date, the best email series that I've ever done in terms of engagement, opens, responses, all the good things. Um, and then, uh, I also wanted to tap into my empathy. So instead of having that really long sales page, that's really formal. It has all the information on it. I actively did a lot more selling one-on-one in my DMS. And I was really able to have conversations with people. I used voice message and that was, that enabled me to tap into my ability to really hold space for people and where they're at and hold space for their vision and what's to come, um, what's possible for them. And so that is a place that I'd recommend starting is just brainstorming ideas and ways that you can actively use your strengths in the business. Even if it's as small as like what your next launch plan is going to look like, or the way that you're going to roll out your content in the coming months, like it's in the little things when you get to really step into that and own it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Everything is a big yes in my book. I I think about myself personally, right? And I think about the things that make me me. Like I'm extremely analytical. I'm extremely observant. Um, am empathetic. I am super introverted, actually, which a lot of people don't know about me, but I actually am a major introvert. So, uh, you know, things like how I've organized my product suite, how many clients I take at a time, like I'm hearing what you're saying and it's taking me back to all these decisions that I've had to make for my own business because it's just like, you know, an extrovert who wants the big group or like wants to be the star in the room, like, and that really just gives them energy, it's going to make sense for them to do a lot of different things than it may make sense for me to do. And if I do them, I have to be like very careful with myself to make sure it's in kind of some sort of time bound container where I can do it and enjoy it and then 
uh, recharge from it as an introvert, right? So I feel like that's another dimension of what you're saying. Yeah, I am also like definitely 100% an introvert. Uh, I mean, I can definitely tap into that extroverted side, but Mm -hmm. I also take that into account even like in the way that I structure my schedule, right? I mean, there's so many things in your business that you can really mold and shape to serve you as the business owner. And in the end, that's going to support your goal of creating the most impact while keeping your sanity, right? Like that is so important. And so one thing that works really well for me too, um, because I know I'm an introvert and pouring out uh, for my clients, uh, for meetings, for interviews, it takes more of my energy than it would for an extra And so something I've implemented this year to kind of protect my energy in that sense is I utilize a B weeks in my schedule. And so uh, my A weeks, essentially, I try to get all of my client calls within that week. Um, That benefits me not only because it's it's really protecting my energy, but also because it's keeping me in the same headspace for a longer period of time rather than, okay, I have a client call. Now I got to create content. Now I have an interview. Now I got to go prep for this launch, right? Like it's enabling me to not have to switch my my focus so many times. And then on the other end of the spectrum, the my B week, that's my week to pour into my business. So that might look like content that might look like creating a new offer that's coming up or planning um, my upcoming launch strategy, like anything where I'm really pouring into the business. And so it's finding little things like that too, testing it out, experimenting with it to see like, how do I actually like this? Did this help? What can I change in my business to feel more ease and joy? Because that's going to enable me to pour more into my people, right? And give them a positive experience. Absolutely. And I love that you uh, recommended that we just simply, you know, test things out and see what feels good to you. Because as you were talking about the AB weeks, I've actually heard you talk about them before, by the way. But I was like, hmm, maybe I do want to test that out again. That does sound lovely. <laughs> Yeah, they work so well for me. I always say too, because some people, the way that whatever the nature of their work is or how they best operate, the AB weeks doesn't necessarily work. And so what I always suggest to kind of act as a bridge, if you want to work towards that is AB days. So essentially just the concept of really kind of batching your days and designating a day per week, like maybe Tuesday, Thursday is like you do your client meetings and then Monday is content creation. Maybe Wednesday is working on an upcoming offer. And then Friday is like your CEO day slash half day, but batching your days can be a great bridge to eventually batching your weeks. Absolutely. And you know, I love to hear the word half day. I'm like, yes to early Friday afternoons. Come on. Why else would I build this? <laughs> yes, exactly. I know my my goal this year was to get to the point where I was taking Fridays off. So I've been taking some off here and there doing half days. And uh, that's kind of my jam. Fridays, CEO days, wrap up, work on taking half a day off. I'm like, man, come on. We're the CEOs. We get to make the schedule. Got to make it happen. I'm telling you, and I love having this conversation with you because I don't know if you know this, but I still have a foot in the door in terms of uh, corporate consulting uh, with big companies, Fortune 500, healthcare and pharmaceutical companies, right? And love them. Goodness, they are great people. But what I will say is entrepreneurs, we have this special spirit about us because we are making the decisions, right? And I love having this conversation because In other industries and businesses, when you're not the business owner, obviously, we don't get 
a say in a lot of this stuff. You know, we can't just say, you know, I don't want to do client calls on my B weeks or my A weeks or what have you. You know what I mean? So the amount of power that we really do hold, I think like that's what I'm taking away from this conversation in a nutshell. Yeah, absolutely. Like we hold so much power. And I think, you know, sometimes we put this pressure on ourselves to do either all the things or to just keep going, keep going, keep going. But we have the power to actually create schedules that that work to our advantage, that actually feel good. And on the other end of the spectrum too, there's that balance of you will have seasons of hustle, right? Like I, my philosophy is that we can set up our businesses to be able to work less and make more. But also the tangent along with that is there will be seasons of hustle, right? Mm -hmm. As you're building that up. Um, And so you know, it's that balance again, it's, it's working smarter, not harder and, and giving yourself the space to know that like you will have seasons. Um, but even within those seasons, you can bring in supportive elements and structures to where you do keep your sanity. You do feel good and and you have the energy, um, to be able to pour out. Right. Yes. And what a beautiful, just like ending thought, ending way to kind of like wrap up this whole conversation. But before we do, I would love just any final thoughts, any last words of wisdom that you want to just impart on everyone listening before we let them go about the rest of their day. Yeah, man, this is always the hardest part of episodes. I know, I know it. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's just reminding people that like, the power is in your hands, right? Like the power is in your hands right here, right now, whether that looks like, you know, you're at a rock bottom moment in your business and and you're wanting to come back strong or you are thriving in business and you just need to bring more of that structure to your schedule, whatever it is, however big or small, like you have the power right here, right now. And if you take small steps every single day to just own take ownership, right? Take ownership of your role as CEO, take ownership of the business in a way that is aligned and effective. Like you will be so blown away by where you're at in a year from now, impact wise and income wise. Love it. And y'all look, this episode, Ashton, you don't know this, but this episode's going to come out in January. So those who are listening, it is a brand new year already. Thank God we made it out of 2020. Y'all, we made it. So this is, look, this is literally the perfect message and the perfect just motivation to enter into this new and hopefully blessed year uh, with some power in our hands. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, Lord. Amen. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Ashton, please tell everybody all the places they can find you, where they can connect with you to continue the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So best place to connect with me is on Instagram. My handle is at Ashton Long Smith. And if you're wanting to dive deeper into just a little bit more strategy, and now that it's a new year, create um, a profit plan for the biz, I have a free resource that you can grab. Um, It's my 90 day profit planning spreadsheet system. And essentially, it'll help you create a strategic game plan that will move the needle for the business, create impact, generate profit, all of the good things. And you can get that at awakeningmembership.com slash profit plan beautiful and per usual we will get all the links and it'll be ready and accessible for you so ashton i just want to say thank you thank you thank you so much for feeding into the typod community in this way it has been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for having me this was so fun